Hello, hello, Michael Lombardo here. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. I'm going to be continuing my newest series on surrender. And so we're going to keep going into that. I'm going to be breaking open Hebrews 11. We're going to be talking about the important element of trust and faith when it comes to surrender. And so you don't want to miss this episode here. And so if you are new to the show, we have an episode streaming every Monday and we do bonus episodes um, every once in a while on Thursdays here um, on the Charisma Podcast Network.com. You could also go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, pretty much anywhere that podcasts are listened to, Audible, and you could tap in there. And so Yes, thank you guys so much for being a faithful part of listening to this podcast, sharing this podcast. When you guys subscribe, when you rate, when you review, when you do all of that, it helps broaden the reach. When you go to YouTube and you subscribe and you comment and you like and you do all of that, if you're watching right now, if you do that, you press the bell icon at the bottom, all of that really helps get this out to more people so they can be blessed by a revelation of the gospel of Jesus, a revelation of who they are in Christ all that he has done, uh, knowledge and intimate knowledge and understanding of the tools they have available to them, who they are, the anointing they carry so that they can truly be a part of what God is doing. I'm excited about what God is doing in the earth. He is raising up sons and daughters that are enlightened, that have revelation, that are intimate with him so that we can do mighty exploits in his name. Now is the time to rise and shine. Awake, awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. The Lord is beckoning his people to lay down their lives because that's when they find true life. And that's what this series, this new series really is all about. I talked about the power of surrender, the beauty of surrender, about submitting our heart, our will, our ways, our mind, our desires over to him for for him to infuse us with his plans, his will, his desires, his feelings, his longings, and they become ours because we are one with him. Our heart becomes synchronized with his as we yield ourselves to him, as we rely upon him, as we trust in him. And that is huge. If there is some area of our life that we don't want to pray about, don't want to give to him, don't want to, you know, bring before the presence of God, then that very thing is an idol and it needs to be dismantled in our lives. Not that it needs to be taken away from our lives, but that it needs to have its rightful place in our hearts. Like even ministry, even uh, the call of God can have too much of a place of preeminence in our heart and in our minds. You know, this happened to me when I got saved. God showed me a vision of multitudes and he told me uh, first I'll have you speak to few and then I'll have you speak to many. And that captured my heart. That was something that um, motivated me, inspired me on a daily basis. It was the vision that was before me. I wanted to reach people for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I wanted to touch people for the gospel of Jesus. And when I went to Bible school, the Lord asked me to lay it down. And what he said to me, and this is one of the first episodes of Awakened Podcast. If you go into like the first 20 episodes, I'm not exactly sure right now which one it is, but it's called Is Jesus Enough? And I write about it in my book, Immersed in His Glory, have a chapter in there called Is Jesus Enough? The Lord said to me, he said, if you never write a book, if no one ever knows your name, if you never minister to the multitudes, will Um, He said, am I enough for you? And Jesus didn't want to, he wasn't taking that vision away. Just like with Abraham and Isaac, God gave Isaac to Abraham. Isaac was the promised miracle child. He gave that child to Abraham as a fulfillment of his promises. But did Abraham want the promise more than the promiser? Was 
Isaac his reward or was God his exceeding great reward? And so the Lord never intended for Isaac to be slaughtered and to be sacrificed on that altar, but it was a test. Did Abraham fear God? Was God the most important aspect of his life? And so was that relationship uh, deeper? And did that relationship mean more than his relationship with his very own son? And so you know, even Jesus used very strong language in the gospel saying, you must love me more than your father, your mother, your sisters, your brothers, and all of that. He must take up that place of preeminence in our heart. And from that place, the abundant life flows. He doesn't want to take away our families. He doesn't want to take away the promises that he gives us, but he wants everything in its rightful place because that is how everything flows the best. That is how everything works the most by the power of the Holy Spirit, by a supernatural power. That's how we get begin to taste and see that he is good and walk in the abundance that he has promised for us in the scriptures, that abundant life that flows from our innermost being. If you want to live in that, then Jesus, he's not just our savior, but he's our Lord. And he must be on the throne of our hearts above all. All idols must come down. He must be lifted up in every area. And that and I talk about in part one and part two about surrender not being a one-time occasion for the believer. Just It's not just our entrance into the kingdom of heaven, going out of darkness into light, um, but it is a daily yielding of our heart to Jesus Christ, saying yes to him. Um, and obedience is not burdensome because his love abides in us and we have a relationship with him and we long to please him because we know that he's already pleased with us and his blood washes us and we're the righteousness of God in Christ, but also our yes to him brings um, a deeper level of pleasure and joy into the heart of God when we're walking in unison with him and we're being led by the spirit as sons and daughters of God. And so I touched on this in part one and part two about how it is necessary and absolutely vital for us to know the nature of God and for us to understand who he is. If we are going to live this life of trust and surrender and laying our lives down and, and, and being used by God in tremendous ways, we must know his heart. We must know because if he is a cruel taskmaster, if he, if he has bad intentions, if he is mean, if he is cruel, if he is judgmental, if he wants, if he doesn't want our best, but he just wants to control us, if that is his nature, then it's going to be very, very hard to want to give our lives in his hands. And to trust him for the steps of our life, trust in the Lord. It says in Proverbs three, trust in the Lord with all of your heart, lean not on your own understanding, acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your paths. It'll be very hard to live that way if we have a harsh judge or a cruel taskmaster as a God and as a Lord. But we need to see him as the kind and tender king that he is, that the, that he has kind intentions behind his will, and that his plans truly are to prosper us, to bless us, not to harm us, to give us a hope and a bright future, according to Jeremiah 29, 11. We need to understand that his thoughts are, are, are innumerable towards us, like the sand on the seashore, and that we are loved in the same manner that Jesus is loved by our Heavenly Father. When we understand that about him, it's easy to say yes. Sacrifice is like nothing. It doesn't even seem seem like sacrifice. Many people will look at your life and say, what is this person giving up? How is this person living? There's no security or what is, how could they give that much? Or how can they do this much? Or wow, like how could they, 
but they don't get it because they don't know God the way you know him in that deep way where his love possesses your heart and you and you know his nature and you're confident in his ways. And that is the most important thing because if he's a cruel taskmaster in heaven or if he's a harsh judge, then I can't trust him with my life because the the outcome will be will be who knows what the outcome will be. It's not for me. It, it could be against me. And so, and we don't understand the power of surrender and the abundant life that's available when we walk in it, then that's, that's key here. And so I really want us in this, in part three here to talk about faith and faith. You know, a lot of us think we just got to believe God, believe, 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 mentally believe, but faith and belief has a deeper context here. If you read the Amplified, it kind of breaks down the word believe and faith when you run across that word in the scriptures. But if you break it open in the Strongs and you really dive into that word, faith is synonymous with trust, a wholehearted trust in Jesus. Where we trust him, it's to trust him, rely upon him completely, to cling to him, to adhere to his words, to walk in him. And really just, it's that, it's that communion. It's a, it's a relational trust where you trust the other individual with your life because you know the intention of that person and the commitment of that person to you as an individual. And so faith is so much more than just believing in your brain, a set of facts or figures, you know, facts about God, realities. It's, it's at the heart level, not just at the head level. And the heart level is absolute reliance and wholehearted trust, commitment to, clinging to. And I want to read Hebrews 11, verse 6. And I really want, I'm not going to, this is a long chapter and it is so profound and there's so much depth that I really want you to spend some time on Hebrews 11 and read through how the saints of old that are recorded in scripture, what they did in response to God's faithfulness. He asked them to do things and there was radical responses. There was, uh, you know, it wasn't ordinary the way these people lived. They lived extraordinary lives. They lived risk-oriented lives. They, they were, they were, they were mocked by people on the outside and they were, they were treated unfairly and harshly, but they obeyed the voice of God because they were looking for a heavenly kingdom and a new country, not a country on this earth, but a heavenly country. And they trusted in God and they saw the reward in this age, but also in the age to come. And we must think eternally in this way. And so I can't read this whole thing right now, but I do want to start with Hebrews 11 verse six. And without faith, it is impossible to please him for the one who comes to God must believe that he exists and he, and that he proves to be the one who rewards those who seek him. I'm going to read it again. And without faith, it is impossible to please him for the one who comes to God must believe that he exists and that he proves to be the one who rewards those who seek him. That is Hebrews 11, verse six out of the New American Standard Bible, which is more of a word for word translation. And so two things are being highlighted here. Well, three things really, and there's a lot of depth here. So I'm, uh, this is a limited explanation, but it's impossible to bring pleasure to God's heart without faith, r- trust, reliance upon him. And it says the one who comes to God must believe that he is that he exists, that he, who he is, and also that he rewards those who seek him. And when we understand this, 
faith becomes natural in our lives. When we understand, first of all, God is real, God exists, and who he is, his nature is also directly linked to that. That it's not just that God exists, what kind of God exists? Is it a God that is love and sometimes hate? Is it a God that is harsh and critical and judgmental? Is it a God that desires to crush some, kill some, and restore some and make some live? Or is he a God who desires that none would perish and all would come to eternal life? Is he a God that so loved the world that he sent his only son? Is he love and there is no darkness in him? According to 1 John, there's no shadow of turning. There is no darkness in God. He is pure, unadulterated light. Is this our God? Because that is important. Yes, God exists. He's he's happy. He's pleased when we know he exists, but also what kind of God exists? We must know who he is, what he's like. And that's linked to the second part of this. We also must believe that he is a rewarder of those who seek him, that if we seek him and we live this life of faith, that we will be rewarded and the reward will be great. And the reward will be so much greater than anything we give up, than anything we sacrifice. If the Lord wants us to forgive when someone painfully treated us in an evil manner and harmed us and hurt us and afflicted us, if he wants us to forgive, it's because it's for your good. It's not because he's mean. It's not because he's unknowing. It's not because he's insensitive. It's not because he is against you. It's because he is for you. And that unforgiveness keeps you in bondage. That person's running around, living their life no problem, but you're the one trapped in bondage and he wants your heart free so you can reap freedom the freedom that he paid for so you could reap that freedom right now in this age, but also you will be rewarded extravagantly and abundantly in heaven. And that lasts forever. And no raw, no moth can, can chew it up. No rust can destroy it. It is imperishable and it is a reward that is eternal. We must understand this about our God. Like if there is any pursuit in this life, it is to know him. This is eternal life that we would know him and the one who was sent, Jesus Christ. This is what it's all about. This is the high call. The apostle Paul said, this is the high call to know him and the power of his resurrection and, and his death and to, and to intimately know him. Everything else is behind me, but I must know him with everything. That is the context. It's not doing miracles. It's not saving souls. It's not discipleship. It's not kingdom works. That's not the high call. That is a, a part of our call. It is our, it is the, it is the result of our number one call, which is to know him deeply and intimately. And when we know who he is, like, man, we're going to be unpacking this forever. We're going to be exploring his nature, coming to know him in a deeper measure day in and day out. He wants to reveal facets of who he is. He wants to share with you his mind and his heart. He wants to open up the scriptures to you and show you uh, not just a mental knowledge, but get it deep inside of your heart that he is love and that he adores you and that he has kind intentions behind his will and that he has all of your days planned out before they even happened and and the plans are for your good to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future and that he is a rewarder and that you will be rewarded in this age and the age to come and that he is for you, not against you, that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'm just quoting scripture. That's what the word of God says about you, that you are loved in the same manner that Jesus is loved by our heavenly father. These are realities in our life. That once we, as we pursue him and we seek him, just like the scripture says, when we seek him, 
diligently seek him, some scriptures say, as we diligently seek him, these are the things he reveals to us and faith begins to arise in our heart. And we believe that he is who he says he is, that he exists and he is who he says he is and that he will reward us. And it's very easy to give up a position, a title, security. If he asks you to, if he asks you to, if he asks you to forgive, if he asks you to bless someone, if he asks you to empty your bank account, like the first church, how they sold their homes and dumped it at the, you know, the, the, the money at the apostles' feet for the greater good of all, like that is a reasonable response to being saved, to being redeemed, is saying like, my life is in his hands. Whether he wants to bless me or whether he wants me to give, and even if you give, you get blessed. But you, you, you know what I'm saying? Whether something seems hard to do or easy to do, whether we're sacrificing or whether we're just living in the abundance of what God is providing in a season, I'm telling you, oh, it's so easy when we know who he is. And that's why I'm just going to skim through. I really want you to dig and excavate here the truths, the gems that are here in this passages in, in this chapter 11 of Hebrews. But it says, by faith, Abraham obeyed God by going out to a place that he, he didn't know he were where he was going. He lived as a stranger in a land of promise and in a foreign land, living in tents with his sons, Isaac and Jacob, and fellow heirs did the same thing. But they were looking not for a city on earth, but a city that is has a different architect, has a different architect, God being the architect. Uh, he is the architect and the builder. And and Sarah, being on the years of childbearing, believed God to bear a child. And it keeps on going, saying that he offered up Isaac. And he, he did that, trusting that God is a rewarder, trusting that God could even raise the dead, trusting because he knew his God deeply. And then it goes on past Abram, really goes into Abraham for a while. But it says, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau regarding things to come. And Jacob... Uh, as he was dying, blessed his son Joseph, and it goes into all these things. And Moses, he was hidden for three months, and Moses grew up, and he refused to be, you know, consider himself to be a part part of Pharaoh's house, which is riches and comfort and man praise and esteem. He was he could have been worshipped as a god, but he gave that all up and went in the wilderness and led the Israelites forty years in the wilderness. And he did this because he knew his God and he knew the reward. And it keeps on going about people of faith. And it says, whoa, like he talks about Jericho, the walls falling down by faith. Rahab, you know, she 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 took the, the spies in and she risked her life by blessing the people of Israel, the spies that came in the, to, to look at the promised land. And it keeps on going like, oh, I cannot talk about Japheth and David and Samuel. All these, they, they lived by faith and they conquered kingdoms. They performed acts of righteousness. They obtained promises. They shut the mouth of lions. They quenched the power of fire. They escaped the edge of the sword. From weakness, they were made strong. They were mighty in battle. They put foreign armies to flight and women received back their dead by resurrection. And this is, okay, this is where it gets like, oh, not as more of a, oh, wow, resurrection from the dead. Yes, mighty warriors. Yes, they received the promises. These people had such an undying devotion to the Lord Jesus that they even sacrificed their lives because they knew that if they died and they lost their life here on this earth, they had a life that was greater than a temporal existence on earth, that our life is just temporal, that this is an earthly tent that will expire, but they have an earthly body and an earthly home that does not expire. And they were expecting that a city that was made by God. God is the builder and the architect of that city. So they were willing 
to live by faith and to live in uncertainty and to walk it out, whether they were feeling it or whether they weren't feeling it, whether they saw, you know, the promises fulfilled in their time or not, they were willing to walk it out. And a lot of the times they received in this age, it talks about people who, you know, like Daniel, you know, he was thrown into a lion's den and miracle happened. They didn't eat him. He came out just like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. They were thrown in the fire. And they weren't burned. He's talking about that. But it also talks about the people who made great sacrifices, not just uncertainty, not just stripping fear off and living by faith, not just moving to another land, not just building an ark and, you know, seeing God come through, but people that actually, you know, were persecuted and suffered. But I'm going to, I'm going to read this because I think that we don't highlight this enough. Women received back their resurrection, you know, from the dead, they were tortured. It said, women received back their dead by resurrection. Others were tortured, not accepting their release so that they might obtain a better resurrection. Others experienced mocking and flogging and others chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were tempted. They were put to death with the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, people of whom the world is not worthy. Mm, that resonates. Wandering in deserts, on mountains, sheltering in caves and in holes in the ground. And all of these having gained approval, they gained approval through their faith. Those who triumphed and those who didn't look like they triumphed. They did not receive what was promised because God had provided something better for us so that apart from us, they would not be made perfect. But they gained approval through their faith. Listen, we must not love our life even to the death. And we must not value anything more than we value him and his promises. And I'm telling you, there will be reward in this life. We will see the miraculous. We will see the supernatural. We will walk in the power of God if we live this surrendered, yielded life, trusting in his goodness, trusting in his kindness, trusting in his glory, trusting that he has good plans towards us to prosper us and not to harm us, trusting that. I know that he will reward you for your obedience. And there will be times in life where you're in the abundance. Like the apostle Paul said, I've had little and I've had much, but I could do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I've learned to be content in all seasons. But there are those also that sacrifice their life. There are many Christians to this day around the world that are sacrificing their life for the gospel, that are dying, that are being killed, that are being persecuted. I love the series by Darren Wilson. I've had him on the show a couple of times, producer of Finger of God, Finger of God 2, Furious Love, Father of Lights. You need to grab these DVDs. Go to Darren Wilson's website. It will rock you to the core if you haven't heard stories of the miraculous, supernatural, extraordinary signs, but also people that have been persecuted and suffered around the world and the wonderful encounters they've had in the process. I'll never forget this man who I believe he was in India or Pakistan, but he was being persecuted for his faith and he would not renounce the name of Jesus. He would not renounce the name of Jesus. And they said they were burning him. I don't know what they were burning him with, but they were burning him. And as they were burning him, they were asking him to renounce Jesus. And he said, no, I will not renounce Jesus. And as they were burning him, he went into a vision where Jesus was standing in front of him and Jesus was hugging him and holding him. And as he was being burned, the Lord Jesus was hugging him and holding him. And as that was taking place, grace was being released in his heart, a grace to endure the suffering some relief of the pain, the physical pain. 
I met, um, you know, me and my wife were missionaries in Cambodia when we first got married. And I met a young girl who was uh, from Cambodia who was a missionary. And she said that she was the first in her family to receive Christ because her family were, was, was of another faith. And she said her father and her mother beat her, ostracized her, just violent towards her, not just verbally, but physically. And she said, the more they persecuted me, the more they persecuted me, the more I loved him and I, the more I clung to Jesus. He became my everything, my ever-present help in time of need. He was a lover of my soul. The more I burned for him. Wow. There is a grace released to abound and to abase, to be blessed and to suffer. There is a grace released in that. And I'm telling you, the only way you will receive that grace is to go low. God gives grace to the humble, but he opposes the proud. So as our heart goes low and says, King Jesus, every aspect of my life is yours. I want your footsteps. I want your thoughts. I want your life. I want the, the steps that you predestined for me to walk in. That's what I want. And I will serve you even if it means I am persecuted, even if it means I lose my life, regardless of what it means this is, my life is yours and yours alone. I was bought with the high price, the, the blood of Jesus, and I'm no longer my own. And so, Lord, right now, I just thank you in the mighty name of Jesus that you would release the grace of God over the heart of every person watching and listening right now. I just thank you, Holy Spirit, that you would overshadow them by your power and your grace. And I pray that you would lead them to repentance by your kindness. And I pray that they would see aspects of their life that need to be surrendered and yielded over to you. And you would blast them with your abundant life, God, because that is exactly what you promise us. And you are not a man that you should lie, but you deliver upon your promises in your time. And so God, in Jesus' name, I thank you for just pouring out your love into the heart of the listener and the, and the viewer. And I pray, God, that you would open up the eyes of their heart, that they would encounter revelation, they would receive revelation of your nature, who you are, what you do, so that they could wholeheartedly trust you, um, trust their lives in your hands because there's no better hands for our life to be in than yours. We fail, we mess it up, God, but you, you always come through and, and your plans are so amazing for our lives, God. And so we love you, Jesus. We give this time entirely to you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Bless you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in again to Awaken Podcast. Make sure to spread the word, share this on your socials, um, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast so we can get it out to more people so they can be blessed by it. They can be strengthened. They can be awakened by the gospel. If you are on YouTube, make sure to subscribe, press the bell icon so that you can get updates every week when we release new episodes um, and like and comment and do all that stuff so we can get it out to more people so they can be strengthened and awakened by the gospel of Jesus. Bless you. And I'll speak to you next time on Awaken Podcast. <laughs>Hey guys, Michael Lombardo here. Uh, just quickly, I just want to make a resource available to you. I wrote a book released with Destiny Image Publishers called Immersed in His Glory, a supernatural guide to experiencing and abiding in God's presence. My desire is for you to get to know the Lord in a experiential way, to break every barrier to experience God's presence in your everyday life. I've met people all over the world that are just hungry to know him, but just don't know how to get there, don't know how to experience Jesus in a deeper way. You know, what keeps you from encountering him in a greater way? Do you feel unfit to enter his presence? Do you feel stuck? Maybe you worry that you don't know enough to meet with God. 
Every human being is hardwired with a need for intimacy with God. When this need isn't met, we search elsewhere and we find ourselves broken and unfulfilled. But connecting with God is of utmost importance. And in this book, I'm just inviting you to experience this vital union with the Holy Spirit that is greater than you have ever imagined. A continuous fellowship with God where a lifestyle of miracles, visions, encounters becomes normal. All right, so in this book, you learn how to be free from self-condemnation, guilt, and shame through intimacy with the Holy Spirit. You learn how to um, have guidance from God as you experience His presence every day. You overcome lies that have held you back from experiencing more of God. You get a revelation of your inheritance that was already freely yours, you know, through the lavish gift of grace through Jesus. And so I just want to present this to you immersed in His glory. You can go to Amazon and find it there. You can also go to my website, lifepouredoutintl.org, lifepouredoutintl.org. TL.org, or you can go to destinyimage.com. The audiobook is available as well on amazon.com, as well as some video teachings at destinyimage.com. And so bless you guys. Grab a copy of Immersed in His Glory. Thank you.